Just, hello, I'm Cecily Strong. Insert whatever you want. Well, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> what, 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 I mean? Um, you could just say, well, our podcast is Voices, so you could just say, you know. Hi there, I'm Cecily Strong from SNL, and this is my voice. This is my real, actual voice. That's, that's perfect. Thank you. Um, so, Clara, what do you like about comedy? What do I like about comedy? It's funny. All right, good enough. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Hi, I'm Cynthia. And I'm Clara. And you're listening to... Voices. 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 Yeah. Like that's the it. word? Yeah. Voices. Today, our story is about comedy, specifically sketch comedy. I was fortunate, or rather unfortunate, as they would say, to get an interview with Jacob Friedland and I'm Cameron House, who are both members of the sketch comedy group Humor Us here at Cornell. All right, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit of what that entails? Okay. So generally that is we're a group of about 12 people. Every semester we have like one big show that's like all original comedy that we wrote. It's a semester long process. We really have no idea what we're going to be performing until about two weeks before yeah, the true. actual show. Yeah. We do a couple little smaller shows. We sometimes travel. Since writing is such an essential part of sketch comedy, I asked them about the writing process. How the writing process works, like how you do that. Yeah, sure. Um, so a lot of the times people come in and be like, hey guys, like I was up at two in the morning last night and like I came up with this ridiculous idea. You know, for example, I came into the group a couple weeks ago and I was like, guys, like I wrote this sketch about like this, this girl and she brings home her new boyfriend, but it's a dolphin, you know, and like, and like I just I pitched Andrew the attractive dolphin to the group, you know, so that was just like one of those things. It's like really independent sometimes if you have like that kind of inspiration, you just kind of come in, but a lot of the times like we'll have group meetings, um, and then we'll we'll just devote a period to writing, um, which can either be independent, which is like, I had this idea before, and I wanted to see if I could blow it up into a full sketch, let me take this time to do it, or it could be, hey, um, I had this idea, let me grab, you know, Gracie and Zach and see if we can bang something out, um, or we've even done stuff before that's like, pick a word out of a hat, and everyone kind of writes a sketch around that, and we've gotten good ideas, so. Do you love your dildo an unhealthy amount? Do you wish you could never part with it? Well, now you don't have to. Introducing Sex Pants. These babies let you go about your day with a dildo inside of you. Like really sex pants. Just right. get to that point. Um, right. Well, and a, a big part of our meetings is just sort of pitching ideas and honestly just sort of pointing out weird things that have happened or things that you've thought yeah. about. They don't even have to be like fully fleshed out sketches or ideas. Like. Um, me and my friend Izzy were sitting in Goldie's and oh, true, like, yeah. we were just being really annoyed by these people sitting next to us and so like I pitched that idea and we started writing it like nothing it could be not even funny after oh, or to like God. to the outside they're usually not funny to us <laughs> being college students I asked them what I thought was an essential part of sketch writing. So Hemingway once said, write drunk, edit sober. Now I know you said that you are a sophomore. I am a sophomore, yes. 
So you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Oh, I'm answering. All right, all right. So how is this true? Are you? It's incredibly true. <laughs> I mean, the freaking boyfriend was a dolphin. Like, let's just right. think, okay? Come on, guys. Right. I think there's there's some like some actual, I mean, real truth to that. It's not so much that like, wouldn't it be f- like everything's funnier when you're drunk or like, or you know, something silly like that. I mean, your inhibitions are lowered. Yeah, totally. I mean, <laughs> so things things that you you think are funny. But, like, when you're sober, you're just like, oh, no, like, that's not funny. Nobody's going to laugh at that. 100%. That sort of filter just goes away. Yeah. Um, and it's some of the freest writing. <laughs> Saturday, we filmed a video sketch. Oh, my God, that was so fun. <laughs> Guys, if you're feeling left out, don't worry. We've got sex pants for women and sex pants for men. Uh! Sex pants without, like, yeah, we just lighting made some, like, and, like, errors. made some errors. But, like, we filmed the sketch, and some of us were... A little bit intoxicated. <laughs> um, and, you know, looking at the video, utter garbage. The blooper reel, on the other hand, gold. Lit. Pure gold. So, like, as far as Hemingway, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wouldn't say that Humorous encourages it. We don't discourage you, we just allow you to make your own choices. Right, right. And it's something that, at the time, right now, um, is a a rather significant part of our creative process is getting together, being social, and, you know, that's where actually a lot of our ideas come from, is from when we're hanging out, watching, like, SNL. It's Saturday Night Live! Speaking of which, when Cecily Strong came to perform at Cornell, I, along with a few others, were able to ask her some questions. So I was wondering, uh, sort of, how improv sort of goes into your work now with sketch. By the way, this is Claire Boland from The Whistling Shrimp, an improv group on campus, asking the question. Um, or do you miss it, preferences, sketch and improv? Oh, I think it's absolutely involved in mm-hmm. sketch. I mean, I think a lot of us that come from improv, it's, that's how we write. I mean, when I sit, I'm not someone that, like, sits in, in a room by myself and writes a perfect sketch, I, n- nor have I ever written a perfect sketch ever in general. When someone like asks me, this to is Cameron talking. Actually, just write a sketch. Totally tanks. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've had a sketch make a show, ever, ever. But I think even when I write with my friends, it's all it's like sitting down and doing what we do when we improvise anyway, and sort of seeing what makes us laugh. When the writing is really churning, it, it literally is just like a bunch of us like sitting in like a little like like crisscross applesauce huddle okay. sometimes. So. Improv is so much still a part of my life. It's just there's not an audience there to see the bombs when they happen. And it's good to, I think improv, and this is such an overused quote, but it's still so important that, you know, it teaches you how to fail. And Another great thing comedy teaches you how to do is how to fail with grace. Yeah, with grace. You know, you pick yourself up right after and keep going on. So Clara, why do you think that comedy and failure seem to be so intertwined? Well, I think you need to fail sometimes in order to grow and learn. Like our podcast? Yeah. (laughs) 
Speaking of failures, I had Jacob elaborate his experiences with stand-up comedy. Uh, and so you say you're from Westchester, so like clearly you can go to New York City and do any kind of a you know a comedy show. I mean, stand-up or anything like yeah. that. And you say those are good experiences. Usually, people say they have very bad ones. I've had both. Um, You've had a bad experience. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. I did this one. Like, my first set was, like, on a Sunday afternoon. Like, I was like, oh, that's perfect. Like, I don't have any homework. Like, I got on on Sunday afternoon at, like, literally, it was, like, 2 o'clock on a Sunday. I go to New York Comedy Club. There's, like, three or four people there. Like, they're all, like, pretty old, like, depressing-looking dudes. And I go up, and I'm, like, I am, like. people who would be in the open mic class Sunday at 2 p.m. Right, exactly. And, like, I just had not conceptualized it. Like, oh, like, this is going to suck when I got up there. I go up there, I just tell this, like, I, I read this set the other day, it's so bad, it's like horrible, it's like, me like wearing, I like went up wearing like a hat, and like I don't wear hats, and I was like, like sometimes people ask me like, why I wear this hat if I look You're like so such bad. a douche, and then I tell them I'm not a douche, and I'm doing it so I can surprise them, and then like, <laughs> like, like at the end, like, they give you like notes, and they're like, yeah, I thought that joke about the hat really could get cut from the set. <laughs> Here? Cameron recalls another time when comedy doesn't work out as planned. One of the hardest things of doing like a collegiate comedy group is the amount of inside jokes we have. Oh yeah, that's so like We're sitting in the writing room and like we like think oh. this is absolutely hilarious and we like we brought it to I mean, a, uh, a tour that we went on to Brandeis University um, and it didn't it didn't do well because it was, <laughs> it was like our joke. It was for yeah. us and then we like tried to get the public to relate to it and they were like we have no idea what this is. Yeah, exactly. So we're like, yeah. this is freaking hilarious. That's and like, the audience is like, yeah. no, it's not. Yeah, you have to like, ask yourself. Like, but even in the professional comedy business, things don't always work out as planned. I mean, there's always been, there's things that, that'll go to the table and we always have fun with it and it just won't go that week. But it would feel so stupid. and so, I mean, like sketch comedy, speaking about it as if it's so important sometimes you realize how ridiculous you sound being like we had these brilliant characters that were country <laughs> singers and they <laughs> sang about tight jeans and you're like oh that's no one cares I cared but no no so I mean there's little scenes that I've loved that didn't go but it's just stuff like that crazy people don't need no fake news to get them going and I can say that, because I've been one of them, okay? okay? There were times that I would smoke, you know what, crack. <laughs> so in the beginning of the interview with Cameron and Jacob, I asked them respectively what their majors were. So you guys, so you said you were an AIM major, or yeah. in, in the AIM school. AIM stands for Applied Economics and Management. And you said, I'm an AIM as well, but I'm also pre-med. Knowing very well that they dedicate a large portion of their time to humorous, I couldn't help but ask them how comedy would fit into their future. Comedy, the, the one thing that I sort of really learned of watching our, our seniors and our upperclassmen graduate and move into the, the work field is that comedy is a lot about soft skills yeah, and working so with people. Could you define soft skills? Yeah, it'd just be, you know, there's no way that me, you know, going into finance or whatever mm-hmm. is going to like have a an explicit parallel into performing and comedy. Yeah. But the the skills that you learn as a performer and as a comedian, thinking quickly on your feet, um, being able to read a room, um, getting people engaged and getting people to laugh, um, working collaboratively, that sort of stuff. Um, transfers into almost any field or any job. 
Um, I totally agree. We've got we've got alums that are in law school. We've got alums that are doing comedy professionally. We've got alums going to med school. We've got people at Google. We've got people yeah, at Barclays. I mean, I think that um, performing groups totally underrated as a resume builder. Oh, it's huge. But in terms of pursuing an actual career in comedy, Jacob says... I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Um, <clears throat> I, um, I was looking into some management opportunities for theaters, um, things like that. There's actually oh. a, a hangar theater in Ithaca. They have an internship program that I'm thinking about doing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so that's like where I, I would go. Like, I, um, I hope to continue writing to some extent. Like, I know that kind of wherever you go, there's usually like some comedy niches or like little communities. They also have open mic places in a lot of big cities. I was always on the younger side when I was doing that, but I guess if I were to go in and theoretically not be young, the people would actually be my friend and like I guess I could get involved with stuff there. Um, but I, I definitely don't see myself giving up on performing or writing uh, after college. As a professional comedian, Cecily spoke about the realities of being in show business. Definitely going to the 40th, that was so surreal. But like any job, you there's you see the realities of any job and the realities of, of sh showbiz. And I'm very happy I live in New York and don't have to be confronted with what is sometimes a very ugly business, and especially for, for someone like me, um, who's a perfect person, <laughs> who doesn't Obviously. think about things like that. <laughs> As a professional comedian who deals with controversial topics on a daily basis, I wanted to know how she dealt with them on Saturday Night Live. I try not to, I would rather not do anything that's really hurtful for people if I can. Uh, I, I think it's always fun to sort of look at something in a different way. I would prefer, you know, we just did that Melania Aid video and for me it was an exciting chance to sort of, it felt like the best sort of feminist response would be one that was more inclusive, that went, well, how about if we didn't, we don't separate liberal women and Republican women right now, and instead we empower these women that we may, liberals may want to call crazy, and so we like, you get to be Beyonce today. You know, and something like that that feels, I would rather try to find something that feels more inclusive and brings people together more you know if all comedy could be that important most of the time I'm like doing silly fart jokes or like isn't this a funny fall or something thank you thank you so much yeah. on a related note a student from Ithaca College asked Cecily Strong about being a strong woman As in comedy a strong woman in comedy I'm sure you get that phrase a lot but um I think yes, like, all the time. <laughs> I feel like that's what I hear. Like, Cecily Strong, strong women in comedy, which strong that's my last and strong. Name. Yeah, it works. So sometimes it's just that. <laughs> <laughs> and well, what do you? How is that for you? Just having that kind of association with your title, your role as a comedian, and how do you view it as like a certain responsibility that you have to women viewers, or like what is that like for you? Um, you know, I think it's always. I love our female cast right now I think even when I do my own thing it's always I, I happen to be female so a lot of the roles I play happen to be female ah. um, and I I would never want to betray myself or something that I believe in but I also like laughing at myself and I like I said I just I'm more into making people laugh and trying to bring people together than trying to start fights I guess and and not every comedian is like that and I don't think that one way is right, or that's just more my way. But it's certainly, I would rather, I would rather, 
I like that it's a part of my comedy. You know, I think that there is a part of being like, I do, I'll play, you know, overly sexualized roles and know that it's, we own it, we've written it, we have the power here. It's like, we get to write that and we get to take ownership and women didn't always get to, you know, so I think that it's exciting to have that power. So this week we learned a lot about comedy from both student groups like Humor Us to professionals like Cecily Strong. And we learned that it's actually very hard to develop comedy. You fail a lot, which is an integral part of comedy. And um, it's useful. It brings people together. It makes you laugh, ultimately. And for all of you who think otherwise, well, just remember, Cecily Strong is probably making a lot more money than you are. Or will ever be making. Thanks to Cecily Strong and Cameron and Jacob from Humorous, as well as the entire Humorous comedy crew. Please tune in to more episodes of Voices on soundcloud.com slash voices podcast. And don't forget to tune in to WVBR and WRFI. Thank you for listening.